is a man's man film review. And now your hosts, Tom and Joe. And we are back. Episode two. Oh yeah. They said it couldn't be done, but here we are. The back odds were against the, the odds were against our podcast, and that's just the way we like it. It's a trailer, man. Indeed it is. It's a trailer for episode three. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. And what's our movie this week, Joe? Our you... movie is uh, Ricochet. Oh, the 1991 classic. Classic Ricochet. And Very excited. Grossed a lovely, what, $21 million? We'll get into that later. We don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. It's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with uh, what we've seen recently. I actually checked out Lights Out. Okay. And I don't know why. It was terrible. Okay, well, there, there we go. There's our first, uh, first fight right there. Because like, I, I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was like great. It was, so, it was too cliché. All the way so? through the movie, yeah. And, mm. no, I mean, nothing was scary whatsoever. I mean, it was almost like on the level of stupidity of, hey, thanks for coming over when the boyfriend comes over. Yeah. Hey, thanks for spending the night with us, even though my mom's psychotic and she lives with a ghost. Okay. But you're going to sleep in, you're going to sleep down here on the sofa. I'm going to go sleep with my brother upstairs. <laughs> I've been like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll give you that, but I'll tell you one thing. How did he not die? Did you not think that guy's oh, totally I, died? Oh, I totally thought he was going to die. I'll give him credit for that. Yes. Like, he's so dead. It's Thank like, God he had his keys handy to start the car so the lights shined yeah. on freaky, freaky Diana, Diana yeah. or whatever her name yeah. was. I was expecting the Michael Jackson song at the end, Dirty Diana. <laughs> I, I was hoping for that song well, to play. But. I, I agree, but it wasn't really scary, but I haven't been scared by a movie for a long time. No, it's impossible to do. I don't think we'll yeah. be scared until Tarantino directs a horror movie. To be honest yeah, with you, he says he's only got two left. So yeah, we'll only see. two left. He he might do a, he might do a horror movie. I don't know. Um, we'll don't see. don't breathe. Right? Yes. Is that what it's called? That's the one next month. Okay. Now that one that looks promising. Yep, I'm so, seeing that at the uh, Bruce Campbell Film Film Festival a week before it comes out. That so might that I, might be an interesting. I've one. heard it's going to be pretty good. So I'm not going to say that they can make a scary movie. I'm sure somebody's working on it right now. Maybe that might be the yeah. movie. I don't know. I this think, movie just wasn't for me. I think jump scares are you know. Not really, they don't do it for me anymore. It's like, I think it has to be more of a psychological level, like it's, you know, suspense or, or whatnot. I think more of like real world scares, like, you know, something that could happen. Yes. Would scare me more. And yeah, they, sometimes definitely. you have a movie like that where it's like, oh shit, that actually could happen. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I enjoy these for what they are, but I, you know, it wasn't great. The, the, there was a one scary scene in the movie that would like, I guess if you want to say it was, it was a, a creepy, if anything, um, yeah. when she's carving her name in the floor. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, well, I guess the basement sequence, too, when they yeah. actually show her face. Um, I think there's, like, these creepy little plastic mannequins or something downstairs in the basement. Yeah, the setting was good, and, you know, you yeah. had its moments. But, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I graded it on a curve because, you know, movies these days in the theaters are really aren't that you right. know, scary. And The Conjuring is considered the, the scariest stuff that's out there. And, and you, you know, know what? The Conjuring was great up until you actually saw the witch or whatever that yeah. was um, possessing people in the house or whatever. The, the minute you saw her, I'm like, okay, I, this movie is just... I didn't just, see the sequel, so I don't know. I, I have not. Yeah. I have not either. I heard so. it was pretty good, but I'm, I, I was going to wait for videos. So. I'll, ch- I'll check it out. But, yeah, the, I mean, The Conjuring, it was, it was promising until... They, they show you too much. Yeah. Now, you know, so... Kind of what they do these days. Yeah, I guess, but... Okay, well, I saw... Um, have you seen the movie Bad Moon? No. Uh, 1996? Bad I've heard about it. It's actually really good. Is it really? I liked it a lot. 
this is it's a werewolf movie. Yeah, okay, all right. Ninety six. Uh, it was like Warner Brothers and Morgan Creek did it. Morgan Creek. It's one you probably dismissed. I remember the poster. Yeah, and then the Bad Moon. The credits they kind of uh, mimic the Bram Stoker Dracula yeah, poster, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, all um, right. I thought it was pretty good. I I'll mean, have to check. I that went out. in. I, you know, if you, you went in with lower expectations, but the the creature effects are really good. Okay, it's really short. It's like only an hour and twenty minutes. Okay, it doesn't have any big name stars, and it. it's got like Michael Parain is like the star of the movie. It's nice. Like, are we dealing with just one werewolf? Yes. In the movie? Yes. He's, he's basically the premise is he's, he's like gets bit and his girlfriend uh, gets killed and he, he kills this werewolf and then he goes back to the States. He's like a, in a different country and uh, he's becoming a werewolf and he's like chaining himself to like a like trees at night and stuff because he knows what's knows what's going on but he's okay. like slowly losing control of, of himself. He, he knows he's a werewolf but he's kind of hoping that it'll like pass. Okay. So like he goes back home to, to see his like sister and uh, nice. And, and basically, he thinks that maybe that'll restore his humanity. And of course, that doesn't happen. But it's yeah. I mean, it's not a great movie, but the effects are really good, and it's it's a fun little B movie. And the the actual werewolf looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I really okay. like the effects, right. and it's pretty That's gruesome. Good. There's some pretty That's good. good. And actually, the the cool part about it is the hero is actually a dog. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So it's definitely worth a watch. I'll actually loan it to you. It's. it's I mean, it's it's nothing great, but you know, if you like a werewolf movie, sure, it's one yeah. of the better ones of the last. Well, that's good. Years. That's good. I know it's probably not saying much. It's no, for me, I think it's still the nineteen forty one, the the Wolfman, the original. Oh, it's not not Wolf with Jack Nicholson. No, no, it's <laughs> not that bad of a movie, but no, definitely not up there. Okay, well, yeah, that's definitely definitely a good one. It's one we could actually cover on the show. Yeah, and then American Werewolf in London, which absolutely. actually they're releasing a thirty fifth anniversary on Blu ray. Yeah, um, that looks pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yep, I agree. Um, I also saw I Am Wrath. Have you heard of that one? No. John Travolta's new movie. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that has terrible artwork. The yes. cover artwork Basically. on that is... Is he Amish in the movie? <laughs> because that's what it looks no, like on the, the cover. the problem with John Travolta in this is it's like he's got this... Either it's a bad toupee or whatever he's got going on right now. He's had so much work done to his face that it's scary. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. No, at all. not at all. I don't get it. It actually started pretty good. It was like a Death Wish knockoff. I'm like, I, I kind of got into okay. it and then it just went off the rails really quickly. Speaking of Death Wish, are they still redoing that with Bruce Willis or I, not? That's the word. Why? I don't know. Bruce, okay. will, Bruce will do anything at this I guess. Point. I guess. Maybe that'll yeah. be a straight to video. Uh, I definitely say this is a pass. Uh, if I you want to see that kind of Violent movie. or not? Or just some good violence okay. too. But if you want to watch watch Death Wish, they're all, the Death Wish movies are all better. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely skipped. It's not as violent as Ricochet. <laughs> no, but we'll get to that shortly. Yeah, that's all I've seen recently. Um, not much on the horizon. Coming yeah, up no, here. and uh, you know the, our kids wanted to see Lights Out because one of my daughter's friends was like, "Oh, it's super scary." I'm like, "Well, my buddy saw it. You know, we talked about it on the last episode." And I'm yeah. like, "All right, I'll give it a shot." And then I just like, I was like, "That was so stupid." <laughs> it was so short. It I, was like an hour and twenty one minutes. Yeah. That. Um, well, I liked it more than you, but I, you know, I, yeah. I again wouldn't give it huge praise. I just thought, you know, no, I, you know, it's one of those ones that if you saw the trailer, you know, neat concept, yeah, it just didn't come together, and yeah. the, and the mom was like just batshit crazy and living with this, especially when it's like. But she's laughing with her kid, going, "Oh yeah, all three of us gonna watch a movie tonight." And the kid's like, "How about just both of us?" Come on! I started feeling How about bad. just two, mom. Yeah, I felt bad for the kid because well, the kid's trying she really the hard. Off. Yes, she turns the lights off, and this freak thing jumps on the sofa. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, this poor freaking kid. Just give her some popcorn. Yeah, Diana wants a popcorn. Yeah, uh, dirty Diana. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like yeah. I said, I I saw in the theater. I wasn't 
mad that I saw it, but no, it's definitely a no. renter, and you know, yeah, definitely. If you saw it. the trailer and you liked it, you'll probably enjoy it. Skip the theater, watch it, watch it on iTunes. I yeah, know. I agree. Or Netflix. Or, yeah, free. yeah. There you go. Okay, well, that's all we've recently seen. So why don't we move into our uh, top five for the? What is our topic for this week? Joe? We have uh, our top five guilty guilty pleasures. All right, well, guilty pleasures. You have the floor, sir. What will be your number five guilty number pleasure? Number five. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> do you remember that, Jim? I, I believe that I was do. a '91 as well, right? You could be swinging on a star. <laughs> Man, that that movie sucked. And it still does. But it just, you know, there's a it holds a special place in my heart. I don't know why, but I can watch it over and over you, again. You and it your, is a terrible. You and your fascination for all things Bruce Willis. I guess. I mean, it's. Um, I forget the um, sex thriller that he did. What what was that? Um, the name Color of, that? of Night. Color of Night. Oh my god. It was awful. I remember getting dumped by my girlfriend, and then we <laughs> saw that in the movie theater. It was terrible. Like, hey, there it is, and then you see Bruce Willis's penis in a pool, and it's like, oh my god, what the hell? That's going what on? everybody. That's what that's what the ladies. That were was the buzz. For. That was the buzz back then. It's like you see Bruce Willis's penis. Like, <laughs> oh yes, I remember that. That's Good that's a really god. bad calling card for a movie. Hey, and that's all you've got. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that that was terrible. They said the next Basic Instinct. I remember they built that movie up. So that movie was fun. nothing like Basic no, Instinct. No, it was just Basic, basic Instinct shit. is like a yeah. <laughs> Basic Instinct is like a classic compared to that. Oh yeah, no, this, that was that was horrible. But uh, Hudson Hawk, I don't know. I mean, it starts off. I mean, it's your total Joel Silver production back yes. in the day, and uh, the the music in that movie just. Everything. It was so comical. We it's might comical we might movie. have to revisit that one because I have not seen that since I saw that in the theater. Yeah. Like, I, I remember Stallone's brother was in it. He was like one of the mafia members that tries to get him to get back into a life of crime to steal the next horse the horse thing. I can't, I can't remember I'm, what the hell I'm they were after. I'm drawing a blank because that movie was not memorable. I just remember the Butterfingers part. Oh, yeah, that's right. Butterfingers. The, the gigantic ambulance chase and... I, I remember there was a really shitty CGI like glider scene or something. Oh yeah, that that was at the end. Yeah, Bruce gets scared <laughs> on the glider and he puts two hands up in front of his face as and they escape the castle as it blows up and it looks like a cartoon. That's all I remember. So yeah, just there wasn't much to that movie. And then everybody was sad in the theater when you you thought Danny Aiello died when he went off the cliff and his car exploded. Remember that? No. And then he shows back to <laughs> and he's like, I fucking made it. I think I'd have been happy. Can if you I, fucking believe I, it? I think I'd have been happy if Danny. <laughs> Aiello died, but that's that's just me, I guess. That it it sucks. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's one of those that if it's on, I just get. You've already talked in. way too much yeah, about Hudson I know. Hawk. Hudson Hawk. That's my number my five. my number five would be Death Wish three. Nice. Since we're already talking about Death Wish, Death Wish three will definitely be a future episode uh, because that's one of the best. That's who are some of the main actors in that besides our Charles Bronson? Well, yes, um, and Charles Bronson. <laughs> Was there like a Alex Winter was in that. Alex Bill Winter. Ted's excellent okay. adventure. Right. He's bad that movie quite a bit, which is quite funny. Does he um, play one of the bad guys? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. It's it's been a while. It escapes me. Death it, Wish the funny thing about the Death, Death Wish movies is basically every one of them has had like a famous like kind of like either one of the rapists or uh, like yeah. criminals. Right. First one at Jeff Goldblum. Second right. one at Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence and Fishburne. Third one at Alex Winter. So. Alex Winter. Um, <laughs> yeah, Death Wish three is just fun. It's a Stupid, stupid movie, but it's it's basically just balls out, bad action, bad acting, and just a lot of fun. Does he go against the gang members? Yes. Is that Death Wish 3? Okay. Yes. All right. There's some funny, funny stuff in this movie. Who, who did he go against in Death Wish 2? Was it gang members again? Gang members. Okay, yeah. Let me just quick run it down. And the French one is his wife and daughter 
are like raped. Yes. I think, or, or I don't really know. There the was word. there was something there. And then the second one, his wife dies. And then the second one, his his daughter is raped again, and she kills herself. Is that the one where he blows somebody out of the window? And with that a was the third one. That was the third one. The third okay. one is a little easier to watch because there's really really no rape, and it's just mostly you know just right hooligans and stuff like that. So it's an easier watch, but. Death Wish 3, lots of fun. I guarantee you'll, you'll enjoy that one. Maybe for all the wrong reasons. I like it. Okay, number four, Joe. Number four. It's like a three-way tie. <laughs> but I know I can only pick one. Yes, um, yes. But I, I was thinking of Police Academy 2. Showgirls <laughs> was up there. But I have to go with Jaws 3D. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it, we, we go on opening weekend to see Jaws 3D. Yes. And you get these... Horrible 3D glasses with the cardboard that literally starts digging I, I, into your ears. I know where you're going with this. And there's like a coupon on the side of the 3D glasses for like a free Pepsi or something, right? But really? you have to rip off the side of your glasses to get the Pepsi, which made no <laughs> sense. It had a perforated edge. I never understood. I just left them on, and my mom's like, "You don't want to get a free Pepsi?" I'm like, "No, I just want to watch the. I just want to watch the movie." And then it starts. And theater goes down. People actually clapped because they thought it was going to be actually good. <laughs> and the next thing you know, some shark bites like a gigantic like Wait, tuna. You're, you're right? leaving your brother out of this. But this is the part I'm oh, getting to. Okay. Yeah, the, the, okay. the, the shark bites like I, I I don't know if it was a tuna. It was some of a fish, right? Yes. Bites a fish's um, yeah. body off, and the head is just floating, floating out yep. at you. And my brother starts crying in the theater. He's like, "Come on, we could go. We gotta go." And I'm like, "No, shut up. It just started. Be quiet." <laughs> and your brother is older than you. <laughs> Yes, which is the scary part. So there you go. Jaws 3D, Mr. Joel's. You made my brother I, cry in the movie. Theater. I have that on Blu ray, and it actually is in the 3D format. I, I have to watch that again. Yes, I have to revisit it's that again. It's incredibly bad. It's terrible. But Lawrence Fishburne, I'm the Lawrence Fishburne. Louis Gossett. Louis Gossett. Sorry, my bad. How dare you? <laughs> Such a racist, Joe. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awful, awful. Hey, two great actors, though. Two great actors. But he was he's amazing in the movie. He's yes. just great. He two, holds it together. Two weeks and two references to Louis Gossett Jr. We're doing pretty that's good. Right. That's right. That's okay. right. And who else was the other? Dennis Quaid, Dennis right? Dennis Quaid, yep. Just three. That, that's about it. I love that scene at the beginning, right? When his buddy, they find the he's missing or found his body or whatever. Yes. And they're all hungover after the last night's festivities of running around half naked in the ocean. Um, and his Dennis Quaid just looks at the camera and his brother. He's like, "I gotta go to work." Just <laughs> wow! It's a, that's our first Dennis Quaid impersonation. Yeah, it might be our last. There's not too many. No, of there moments. isn't. But oh, what a great film! I agree. The animation in that movie. Oh my lord! I didn't know sharks could swim backwards. I and that rubbery tail, it gets stuck in the side of that lagoon. I think oh, that I think that's going to have to be like an episode. I mean, we'll just have to. Oh yeah, we'll have to watch that together and riff it at the same time. That would be. Really I would great. actually spend money to get the original theatrical poster for that. I the third dimension. I of spent terror. twelve bucks on the Blu-ray, and I'm very disappointed in myself <laughs> for doing that. But I have it. No, it's it's a must-have. <laughs> okay, my uh, number four would be Ninja Three: The Domination. Nice. Do you remember that one? I do. I love Ninja 3 The Domination because it's basically like five movies in one. It's like a ninja movie. It's like an exorcist ripoff. It's like a slasher. It's got elements of flash dance in it. Nice. It's got just about everything of the 80s. Everything Big, is poofy in this hair. Movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. There's not much. You, you kind of have to see Ninja 3 to kind of like really appreciate it. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something, to, something to see. It's it's a canon film, so if you're familiar with canon, you know you know you're getting quality right there. That is good. So they'll throw whatever shit against the wall they can, see what sticks, and <laughs> it all stuck in that movie, I think. So, yeah, I saw that down at the Union a couple months ago. They had like a like a canon like a 
bunch of old Canon films, which was incredible to see those on the big screen. That's like, great. Wow. Yeah, they really uh, shoveled out some horrible movies. They did. Superman 4, Quest for Peace, you know. Oh, and I actually saw that in the movie theater. Sorry to hear that. That's that's. I'm sorry too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your number number uh, three? Number three. Drum roll. Are you ready? <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Oh no! Another <laughs> another shark movie. But this one, this one's even worse than Jaws 3D. I mean, it is just. It's not it's worse than fun, Jaws 3D. It's a fun concept, but the CGI sharks in this movie Them. are horrendous. Yeah. When Samuel Jackson gets it, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, but the, the Samuel Jackson oh death scene it makes it better than Jaws three hands down. Well, that death okay. scene I'll give you is that. one of the best death scenes ever. It's um, it's an awful movie. It's but... a cliffhanger meets Waterworld from director Rennie Harlan. Yeah, and and the whole concept was they were basically trying to cure Alzheimer's. Or something? Is that right? I don't honestly remember. I saw it in the theater and I haven't really seen it since. Cause the, I'm not the, a... the cure was in one of the sharks, but whatever reason, they were making the sharks bigger and bigger. And somehow they like started tearing down the, the tower. Right? Yeah, I, I think. Like something I said, the only there? thing I remember God. from that movie is the friggin' Samuel Jackson death scene because it was incredible. And, and then I, was, like, I remember... One of the funniest things I've seen. LL Cool J, you think he went out or whatever, and they're like, yep, yep, they always get the black guy. But nope, not in this one. He surprised y'all. He survived. Thrilling. He's like, go bring me some sushi or whatever that stupid end end line was. Oh, that movie is just cheesy. Hey, but that's, that's okay. Cheesy. But I but I'll watch it if it's on. A, it's another one of those movies where I'm like, why am I watching this? If you have a bad day in the office, that's one of the movies you could put in. Yeah. Shut your brain off and just I mean, be like, ah. You know those movies where it's like, if it's on TV, you're gonna watch it. It's like you're hypnotically drawn to it. It's like, like I shouldn't be watching this movie. Sucks. Why am I watching? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm gonna watch it. Didn't LL Cool J blow up a shark in that movie? And he used the line. You killed my bird. Because <laughs> he had the parrot, the talking parrot. I, Terrible. I don't remember. I'm oh. going to have to watch it again. You need to watch it's it again. It's been, like I said, I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it with you when I haven't seen it since. Oh, and I think bad. you bought it. I'm like, why did you buy that shit? Because it's just, it's guilty pleasure. It's okay, though. It's it's okay. Uh, it's certainly better than my number three, which is Troll 2. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Indeed, Troll 2. <laughs> Oh man, that means Leprechaun's coming. I don't have Leprechaun on here. All right, Patrol Two is is one of the funniest movies of all time. It's it's great. You can't tell if they're really tried to be serious, but I'm I don't know. They made a whole documentary about Troll Two, which is quite an entertaining. They actually made a documentary on it. They did. That's great. Yeah, the actual. I've never seen Troll Two. Oh well, there's you're gonna have to see that. But I mean, I have it on on Blu-ray. Just give us a quick premise on this film. Okay, so there's this family who are have to they go to the country to and they switch places with another family. They switch houses for okay. like a summer vacation, and the town is, they go to is Nilbog, which is goblins spelled backwards, and all the townspeople try to turn them into goblins by getting them to eat green food. Oh, and if they eat green food, they'll turn into goblins. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and actually, the little boy knows these are evil goblins, but his family doesn't believe him. And his, his dead grandfather keeps coming back to help him. Okay. Try to thwart the goblins. Of course he does. It's which great. Is, it's fantastic. And he, his, his grandpa, like, freezes time, like, as his family's about to eat, like, this green food and turn into goblins. And he instructs the boy to, while time is frozen, to pee all over the food so they can't eat it. Nice. <laughs> there are the so many scenes that are just freaking hilarious in this movie. 
any stars in there that I would oh, actually God, recognize? No, okay, no. no, okay. And actually, it's funny because the, the guy who plays the little boy in the movie, he directed the documentary. Really? Went back and kind of visited the people that were in this movie and nice. stuff. It's definitely an entertaining watch. The documentary is probably easier to watch than sure. the movie, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's, I love it's that. It's awful. That sounds really good. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to check it oh, out. Oh, yeah. I have, I have the Blu-ray. So it's, it's funny because we talk about a movie like Ricochet, which I think is a really good movie. It's not on Blu-ray, but Troll 2 has been released twice. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah, there's there's no justice. So if, if anybody is out there listening, please get Ricochet on Blu-ray, please. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in That'd a little bit. But yeah, definitely. Okay, what's your number two, Joe? Number two is Tango and Cash. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd put that on Guilty Pleasures because I love that movie. I know oh. it's bad, but yeah. I mean, you can't really put it on like, you know, a top 10 greatest action movie. It's another one of those movies that just kind of pulls you in and it's just overacting glory yeah. and the characters in there are just hilarious. I really wanted to get like... Far- Lethal Weapon wannabe movie, the buddy cop movie back in Oh the yeah, that every, everybody had a buddy cop movie back then. I, I, I really wanted to for our like web, like our Facebook page, you get a picture of you and I doing the, the, the newspaper. Yes, that would be fantastic. We should do that. Yeah! <laughs> Back on the force, yeah, or whatever that said. Any movie that ends with like a hand slap or a freeze frame, or especially a gun, a bullet coming to the screen, like our movie today, automatically a thumbs up. I always me. thought they would do a sequel to Tango and Cash, but I, we never received it. I don't understand how that movie did not like get like three or four sequels. It should have. Yeah, it should have. I don't know. I, I mean, Kurt uh, Kurt Russell was awesome in it. Stallone. I mean. I mean, good. I, I don't know. You don't know shit. <laughs> Joe, you do that better than I do. You do a score better than I do. I remember at the beginning when they shoot, they shoots the um, the tinker truck. Yes. And everybody like gets freaked out because they thought it was going to blow up and yeah. then just nothing but cocaine comes pouring out. And then Stallone puts his hand under there. He's like, anybody want to get hot? <laughs> <laughs> he, had a, he had a lot of... A lot of crappy lines in that movie. If, if he wanted to stare death in the eye, you should have gotten married. Is that a proposal? <laughs> Is that a proposal? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do a bad Stallone. Joe does a much better one. So. Yeah, he, he had some memorable lines in that movie. Okay, my number two is Samurai Cop. <laughs> nice. Which uh, is definitely going to be reviewed in this show. Samurai Cop is, is incredible. You've never seen this, I bet. No, I have not. Oh, you will see it. Another film that has a Blu-ray release that Ricochet doesn't. <laughs> Samurai Cop is easily one Who of the Who is in this movie? The star of the movie was Sylvester Stallone's bodyguard. Oh. So, uh, yeah, with with a big kind of wig. Oh, cool. It's, it's such a cheap-ass movie. Oh, my God. The, the dubbing is awful. The action is awful. It's it's hilarious. The only kind of star is the guy from Tango Cash with the chin. Robert Zadar. Oh, yes. He's, he's the, guy the bad that guy. goes through the window of the Senate yes. at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Come um, here. I want to talk to you. <laughs> I Yeah, we're definitely doing Samurai Cop very quickly. I actually was going to select this as our next film, nice. but it's from 1991, and I thought we're doing like two 1991s in a row. Right. So we probably should get in a different year. Or people I think agree. this is just sure. a 1991 <laughs> action review. <laughs> but that will be coming very shortly. Um, yeah, it's it's just incredibly atrocious, but it's so much fun. It's just, it's funny because like I've I've seen some like uh, like uh, they have an auto commentary and stuff and behind the scenes with the guy who played the, the samurai cop right. and he talks about how the, the director was crazy and like they thought they were done filming and like a couple weeks after that so he went to do something else and cut his hair because he had long flowing hair in the movie. Okay, cut his hair and then the director called like we need to do reshoots so he comes to do reshoots like you've ruined my movie you've cut your hair and it's like. <laughs> 
So anyways, they they get it, they go down to the store and buy a cheap-ass wig. And put it on him. Yes, put him on him. And he has to do some fight scenes in the movie. So there's a part where he gets punched, and the wig kind of comes yes! off his head. And, they, and they, don't, they don't take it out of the oh, movie. It's just in there. It's just like it falls out, and it's kind of like adjusts it. <laughs> that's just the kind of quality you're dealing with. So Oh, that's the movies we enjoy right oh, there. You'll, you'll, you'll love it, oh, I guarantee that great. That's as bad as that Steven Seagal movie you showed me. Where literally somebody else voices does voiceover it's for him. Way worse. Than that. They they keep his voice in it, but then yeah. like I will kill well, yeah. you now. Well, Sakal so yeah, Sakal is like only on like he's only there for a couple of days, and if that time runs out and they haven't done all the audio, it's like it's going to be some dude pretending because he has a lot more important things to work on. Uh, yeah, like his albums. Anyway, what was that shitty uh, police show that he had on for a while? Oh shit! Do you remember that? that? I did. He didn't do nothing but sit on his ass in a car. Oh, you mean the the the, the reality porn. show? Yeah, the reality show. Steven Seagal, yeah. Lawman. Law. It was that it, Lawman. Yes. I used to be in the movies. Yeah, it was awful <laughs> because I like, had his partner. He'd be like, "Go get him! Go get, get him, Johnny! Go chase him!" I'm like Seagal's just sitting on his fat ass eating. Burritos. Go get him, Johnny! And then yeah. we he would get out of the vehicle. Then everybody'd be like, "Oh shit, that's Steven Seagal! Can I get an autograph?" Hey, you want to rest? <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, that was awful. Oh god, law, law, man. Yeah, Beautiful. or not? Are we down to number two? No, that's that's. Uh, or was that, that a number? It's time for your number one. Oh, number you one. Ready? Man, wow. Just flew by. Your Are you ready? One number one is Roadhouse. Roadhouse. How can it not? Yeah, you can't top Roadhouse. Roadhouse is the. It's the best. It is. There's really not much to say about it. Most people know Roadhouse now. Know how great it is. Uh, the remake is, is going to suck. It's a terrible idea. I don't understand why they're doing that. You can't remake Roadhouse. Are they doing that with the... Um... Ronda Rousey. Yes, okay. So that's what I heard. Yeah, the problem I have with that is Roadhouse is the like, quintessential 80s movie. Yeah. It's, it's an action movie and it's got like everything from the 80s that you know isn't around anymore. It's got the mullets. <laughs> it's got the you know friggin' uh, huge monster truck. The, well, the, it's got, uh, yes, the it's got the villain wearing those big furry boots for no reason. It's just it's got everything in it. I love and the. It's got Keith of that David movie. in it. it. It does. Did I tell you my Keith David story about that? No. You know Keith David is in that movie as like the replacement bartender, and he has like top billing. He has like third or fourth billing in the movie, and like he's in the like two or three scenes. That's it. He like after they fire the one manager for or the bartender for stealing money, yeah. he comes in and like you see him. They never see him get hired. He's just kind of in a couple scenes. Does he have a line in the movie? He does. I right? think he's like one, one or two line? lines. And I'm like, how did he get top billing? I met him at a convention a couple of years ago. I'm like, Keith David, what what happened to Roadhouse? And he's like, I know they like cut all my scenes. It's like <laughs> said I did like. He did see like 15 scenes. He had like a big fight sequence and really? all this stuff, and they cut it all out of the movie. That and makes he, no sense He apparently had a big fight scene with Terry Funk in the movie. Really? And like, that wasn't in the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know how you can get Keith David and not use him. That guy's too cool. Because you know, um, Wesley would have killed Keith David's character in that movie. Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But anyways, you, you, yeah, you think he would have. I'm on a tangent. Roadhouse is, is a lot of fun. What, What's that horrible line in the movie, too? When um, uh, that Basically all of them? Patrick Swayze is fighting the guy by the lake. Pain don't, pain don't hurt? No, not that Thought one. should be bigger? Oh, he's like, I fucked men like you? <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the, that yeah, line? The, that was the son of the, the bad guy in his big line, which was supposed to make him sound tough as a, um, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, which is supposed to make him sound tough, but it like, doesn't really make him sound tough. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Swayze, I'd have been like, a what? Yeah, I was kind of like, <laughs> Excuse wow. me? That was like a shoot, Shooter McGavin line from uh, from Happy Gilmore. It's like, yeah, I eat bigger pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Or 
And that movie was a comedy. Roadhouse wasn't. No, it wasn't. I just remember that like, Patrick Swayze was so like just buffed up in this movie. And it yeah. was like the sex symbol of the 80s, obviously, for all the women. I mean, yeah. They came out in droves to see it. Um, but he's like just all, all about eating right and working out. I don't even, well, I can't say eating right. He hardly ate in the movie. Yeah. But then you see him like, smoking like 20,000 yeah. cigarettes. And unfortunately, that well, led to yes, it. Yeah. Yes. But... But my, my one of my favorite scenes that's just awful in that movie is when like he's uh, he wakes up in the morning and the, the chick from the bar comes there to see him bring him donuts yeah and he like gets up and his butt's out there yes. and they show her and she goes oh it's oh, right she's it's like, like the oh. worst it's like the worst reaction <laughs> shot ever it's like whoa oh my god that was kind of like they should have inserted like Joey from Blossom going whoa whoa. Yeah, totally. That's uh, oh, there's so many great things in that movie. Yeah, I would also recommend if you haven't watched the the Blu-ray, there's a commentary track by Kevin Smith. That's right. Because I'm like a huge fan of the movie. It's one of the better commentary tracks because he gives you a lot of information, but it's just it's it's Kevin Smith being very funny. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's like he's like a super fan of the movie, and it's like yeah, that's pretty cool. They should do more commentaries like that. I remember Michael came and did the score for Roadhouse. Yeah, and. I swear to God, he must have been like, you know, there's a there's a lot of musical notes here that I didn't use for Die Hard. <laughs> We're just gonna use that for Roadhouse because it sounds exactly the same. Yes. Um, so I always get a kick out of that, and then, yeah. of course the big polar bear that falls on one of the the big boys. Yeah, well, let's not go too far into this because we will oh. definitely be doing Roadhouse. That's definitely you, you've got to do that. Uh, my number one would be Pieces. Pieces. You know Pieces? No. Well, I got a lot of ones. You just went three of... movies in a row that I really don't know much about. Oh, three movies you'll have to be exposed <laughs> to. Uh, Pieces was a early '80s uh, kind of slasher film to kind of uh, it kind of ripped off the Chainsaw Massacre. Texas okay, Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. Uh, the tagline was even: "You don't have to go to Texas for a Chainsaw Massacre." It's basically one of those Italian films, cheapies that's okay. supposed to be filmed in the U.S. and you know isn't, but it is insanely funny. Uh, it's gory too. Yes, yes. very gory. Very gory. Yes, okay. very gory. It's basically about, it's supposed to be a suspenseful, like, you know, mystery, and, you know, you can basically tell who did it, like, at the beginning, but it's so, it's just one of those things where, like, everything is lost in translation. It's so funny. Pieces. Yes. That's that's nice. Yeah, I, I won't elaborate into too much, but it's it's got so many funny lines in it, because it's, it, it's like, basically, probably the script and ran it through a blender, and, you know, it just, oof, it's, it's, it's very funny. It was actually the first movie my wife and I watched. Really, <laughs> the first night that we she she came over and watched a movie. That was the one I made. I, I kind of made her watch. Just made some popcorn. We're gonna watch. Yeah, pieces. I, yeah. I definitely want nice. to pick them, don't I? So, and she stuck around. So that's that's got to say something. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I like that. Yeah. So these last three you haven't seen, but you will be seeing them shortly. Unfortunately, what was that one creepy horror movie that you showed me uh, that, that we viewed? Um, had the the person in the van had the chopped off head, and then he throws it out. There's some chick that comes over. That was high tension. High tension. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a theatrical movie too. That was uh, that was pretty intense. That's an interesting movie. Didn't they? That's another one where they shove some lady's head in like a stairwell, and like mm. chopped her head off with like a, a dresser or something. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Oh, that was. Yes. That, that was that a pretty gruesome right. movie. Yeah, just a little bit. But we like that around here. Yeah. So. No, that's good. <laughs> All right. So that's that's our top five guilty pleasures. Uh, a lot of those you probably can't find, at least the ones from my list. Joe's are probably all readily accessible. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, my, my list is a bunch of really, really bad movies for the most part. But, but that's good. Yeah. Because then uh, our uh, listeners will go out and actually check these out. I'm guessing they won't be watching any of my films, probably, but that's okay. That's quite all right. 
All right, shall we move on to our feature? Yes. All right, Joe, introduce your, your, your movie here. Ricochet. Why'd you pick Ricochet? Ricochet, because ah, it's probably the second best film that our homeboy, Russell, what is it, Ball? Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's first, uh, Highlander let's first director. Give, let's first give everybody a little taste of the, the trailer. How about that? If it works this time. Bullets, like you know, slow motion bullets. In this. Unnecessary building explosions <laughs> and a bullet. Terrible tagline. <laughs> Ricochet has two terrible taglines. The uh, the poster tagline's awful too. It's like this is one case that's going to get settled out of court. Out of court. Yeah, that's right. So you Rick- got it, DA. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricochet, nineteen ninety one, same as Toy Soldiers. Yes. Uh, came out came out in October. Um, Russell Mulcahy, you mentioned, was a director. He directed Highlander, which was his other big film. Right. He also uh, directed a lot of big music videos in the early 80s. That's, so he's got a pretty good visual style because uh, Highlander is a, a pretty cool movie. And yeah. I think I think Ricochet is a cool movie too. It's, it it's, is. It's a little dark at times, but yeah. Why Why did you pick Ricochet? Ricochet, well, Peter Levy, the the cinematographer of this film, I mean, he has such a great style yeah. and all that. So, I mean, it was very artistic for an action film. Um, and it's probably the second best shot film from director. Russell Mulkey um, since Highlander days, but oh, I thought you were going to say Highlander Two: The Quickening. No, no, I'm going to pass on <laughs> Highlander Two: The Quickening. Yeah, Russell Mulkey basically he has Highlander, <coughs> Highlander, and this. Yes, and that's it. Really, and like everything else has been pretty much garbage. But I don't know. This was kind of out when Joel Silver was still the man for bringing out the great action movies of the '90s and such. But yeah. Well, it's it's got a it's got a great cast. I mean, this is Denzel right before he was really big. He was right. He'd already won the Oscar for Glory for Best Supporting Actor, and he was kind of he was doing some bigger movies. But this was kind of his first really big starring movie, wasn't it? I mean, he's done some other things where he was a star, but they weren't big movies. Well, I think this was like the first like take it action movies. Yeah, yeah. For Denzel and uh, Ricochet, really launched his career. <laughs> 
Well, let's just say his career survived this movie. I mean, no, I, I, I think when you look at it, it's like it's he's he's really good in the movie. I think basically the movie's kind of underwritten a lot of times. It's the, the lines aren't that great, but it's got such great actors in it. I mean, it does. Yeah, Denzel Washington, John Lithgow, especially. We'll get to him in a little bit. It's just, right. it's it'd be pretty hard for them to make this movie bad because they're so good. The only the only the only person who's bad in the movie is the actor that plays Kim. Absolutely, Good I'm Lord. getting to that. That's that I've got a whole <laughs> part for that. But yeah, even our boy from the Usual Suspects, um, Kevin Pollak. Yep, he's fantastic in the, the movie. token white partner. It's usually and he, the token. he gets into his William Shatner <laughs> yes. impersonation. Was usually, fantastic. it's a token black partner. Right. But in this one, since the cop is black, his partner's white. So, <laughs> and he does get killed like the the token black. Partner he does. He does. Yeah, so I like the little the switch there. I guess you're right about Blake, because otherwise, how could I get shot or whatever that line was? It was terrible. <laughs> but your rendition was incredible. Too. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was great. So yeah. I'm like, oh boy, very cheesy. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the the movie opens up. Where where are they at? They're uh, you, the, the you basketball. The, you, yeah, the cheesy shadow of the gun on the wall. And oh like, yeah, the, the, the credits go on for like I swear to God, two minutes. Yeah, I mean. Um, I love the opening music. I think it's great. Well, you know. Yeah, and Ice Ice uh, Ice T is like teasing PK or whatever preacher's kid, right? Yes. Let's uh, before we do that, let's get a little uh, get some. <laughs> There's a little bit of the, the intro music from Alan Silvestri. So, what's the interesting take on the music here? I have heard rumors that. This music was actually meant for like a Predator sequel, like Predator okay. Three, because Alan Silvestri does the music for Predator and Predator Two and all that. That may just be like somebody saying, you know, like a form or something like that. Right. So I didn't want to substantiate it, but I believe it because it really sounds just like Predator. But then also, most of Alan Silvestri's music sounds the same. Right. I think he did like the theme for like that stupid Stallone stopper rumble shoot, and <laughs> that sounded like Predator Two. I'm like, wow, that doesn't fit at all. <laughs> That is good. So yeah, the credits are actually pretty cool in this movie, I thought. I like kind of gimmicky credits where you've got kind of, you know, yeah. the letters forming and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and a nice uh, Saul Bass kind of approach. It reminded me of like one of like the earlier Hitchcock thriller Yeah, and it all leads to titles. a bullet coming out of a gun. Again, a gun and then that bullet. <laughs> yep. So this uh, movie basically begins with a bullet coming out of a gun and a bullet coming towards the screen at the end. Which yes, which I, I believe the, that's the same bullet from Cobra. Yeah. It's exactly pretty, the same bullet. Pretty much. Which is great. And then that lovely song uh, by Ice-T. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's basically in my book, if you know, if you start with a bullet or an explosion, it's, it's a thumbs up yes. for me. You're basically giving me what I want. And Joel Silver always had to end the movies with awesome one-liners. Oh, yeah. And this one ends Like what? Like, like this? One of the worst ones. And that, that is, cheesy bullet. And that is a bullet coming oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so they, it opens up. They're on the basketball court. He meets up with his future wife, right? And before we go any further, the basketball yeah. scene, some terrible stunt double for Oh, my God. Horrible. Horrible. Now, I don't, I don't mean to, like, push anything, but they have a very, very dark-skinned African-American gentleman yes. playing his stunt double. Yes. An absolute terrible choice when you're doing a scene in the daylight <laughs> with close-ups. It, and I'm like... Yeah, because I basically read that Denzel Washington worked out six days a week for this movie, like for three hours a day, because wow. he had to do that scene where he's stripping down. Sure, right. And 
He certainly didn't spend any time on the basketball court. No, no, he didn't. That because for, that, for those short scenes, they basically have like stunt double all the way. It's funny. They're like literally just getting their asses handed to them yeah. on the court. Um, well, okay. the ba- basic rundown is it's uh, Denzel Washington, who is uh, in college. I think he wants to become a lawyer, but he's yes. a cop at the same time. Yes. And his, his partner, uh, they're playing basketball against his childhood friend, Odessa, who is like uh, kind of like a street guy now. He's, yes. a, he's a crack Crack dealer? Something like Something that. Something like that. They never elaborate. Yeah, I'm pretty they're, sure it's crack. They're kind of drifting apart because he's becoming a cop and he's like a drug dealer. So they're not going to play basketball anymore. And basically after that, uh, Denzel Washington looks on to, uh, they're like an amusement park. And he's, he's a cop there. And he looks on to John Lithgow, who's a career criminal, kind of making a big score. Right. And he, he basically stops him. And uh, that kind of sets off the, you know, the, the main plot of the movie, which is, John Lithgow planning revenge over Denzel Washington. Yeah, because he gets busted, and then that yep. launches Denzel's career all the way to what district DA. Yeah, right? yeah, and for then the most uh, part, yeah, district attorney, and he's basically John Lithgow the entire time is watching his rise and planning all these horrible things he's going to do to Denzel when he gets out. Which John Lithgow is off the charts good in this movie. I think he's really one of the best bad guys ever. Yes, in this movie except in Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I said this movie, not Cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah, Clifford, I believe he was a fill-in for somebody, too. Really? He wasn't originally cast in that role. Interesting. I forgot who it was, but it was somebody else. Yeah, no, he's... I mean, John Lithgow in this film, I mean, he he has some dark moments. Yeah, I mean, John Lithgow has some kind of bad lines in this movie, but he sells it. Oh, yeah. It's like he sells everything, and it's like he's so good. I mean, he makes bad lines sound good. Especially this one. I hope you can find it because it's terrible. Well, there, yeah, well, there's he, he, there's one line just just where he delivers a line where he's going after Jesse Ventura, who's his new cellmate. <laughs> Fuck yourself, cream cake. <laughs> I I don't know why he's delivering that. It makes me crack up every time. What was the flossing line? Oh yeah, we'll movie? get to that. Oh god, that's yeah. a classic. Yeah, this is this is before he goes to meet the parole board, right? Yeah. yeah. So there, we just classed up the show a little bit that right there. That is great. Yeah. And then even the one of the gentlemen on the parole board asked him, what would you do first once you get out of here? He's like, well, I... Oh, hey, do you hey, have that hey. line? Do you have it? Are you kidding me? This is a what would you do if you got out of prison? Well, I guess, Mr. Chairman, that first I'd pay a visit to your house. To thank me, I suppose. Yeah. Fuck your wife <laughs> and your daughter. Jesus. Hell, maybe even your dog. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> that's funny. And you'll probably hate this. And he shoots him in the head. Shoots him in the head, and then that one annoying lady just won't stop screaming. I was going to say. I always yeah. thought she got ran over by the car, and she doesn't. I, I wish she did. Oh, wow. Ah, ah. Oh, it's like, shut up. And yeah. then that poor guy gets just taken out with the saws off. <laughs> Yeah. Lord Almighty. So basically, uh, Lithgow is in prison and he's just plotting, you know, to take out Nick Styles and ruin his life. And that was basically the prison escape there. Um, yeah, and he goes through all these crazy scenes. I, I really like the scene where um, he'd been shot in the, the kneecap by Nick Styles, who's Denzel Washington's character, and that he's in prison. And he does a part where he wants to get out of bed and just straps the books to his, his leg. Well, that's right, because he, he keeps asking the bookkeeper, um, I need something heavier. Yeah. Because he's so desperate to get his revenge, it just—it's a really kind of cool scene. It's creepy. It's very creepy, especially yeah. the sound effect he makes when he's. Like, ba- <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And actually, Lithgow actually read about this, and he actually um, wore a brace on his leg for the entire sh- sh- like shooting of the film, and like really? so he could like keep the limp that he had from being shot in the knee. Interesting. Yeah. Same thing with the glass eye that he wore throughout the entire movie. Which was creepy, especially Hey, when... the magic eye scene is creepy as shit when he's with the kids. Oh, when he's with the kids, yeah. Yes. Like, he yeah. would just let a power man in. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. And, yeah. And then he's lighting candles and shit. Yeah, so so Lithgow gets out and starts kind of systematically ruining Denzel Washington's career and, and stuff by, you know, setting him up for things and whatnot and threatening his children. And the scenes where he's threatening the children are really creepy. Yeah. And what's really crazy about that is he's so convincing and scary but, like, if you know anything about John Lithgow, he's, like, a really nice guy in real life. And it's, like, he does, like, videos with, you know, like, reading stories to children and sing-alongs yeah. and things like and that. Yeah, and then you see clips like this. Yeah, and, and it's, like, like oh, wow. Because I, I remember, like, this in probably his role on Dexter, season four, were his best, like, bad guy parts. Yeah. And, like, I think he talk, told a story about, like, how his wife started watching Dexter and was, like, who who are you? It's, like... <laughs> Yeah, but he's really good at yeah, that. Yeah, he can he can uh, take himself to some dark places. I'll give yeah, him that. Yeah, I mean, he he steals the movie. It's like just there's subtle scenes, too, even when he's, like, staring at the wall of Denzel yeah. Washington, and he has, like, pictures of Denzel Washington, like, drag, yeah. you know, which is creepy, because I never really noticed that Yeah, before. I never really f- understood that either. But he does that scary, like, just, he's yeah. staring into the abyss, and he just, like, raises yeah. his head. It's just the director did a good job of that. That's one of the good things he did. It's, I, I even like at the beginning, the first time you see him, he steps out of the shadows. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just like out of an old-school movie. Oh, totally. And it's, it's really well done. It's like, awesome. Do I, have to, do I have to... What I have to do is shut you up. Yeah, no, he... Um, yeah. yeah, he was a very convincing villain in the film. It's shot really well. I mean, they have a lot of interesting shots and camera angles in the movie. Yeah. It's very artistic for an action movie. Yeah, and Mulcahy does a really good job. There's actually the scene in the prison where he's, uh, when he kills uh, Jesse yeah, Ventura. Yeah, reminded me of Highlander in a way, the sword fight. That's that's something I read about this, okay. is that actually was almost a scene-for-scene scene take of the final battle in Highlander. Okay, interesting. And I never really figured that out, because, yeah, I mean, it's it's it it's really kind of a cool scene, of course, but it's like, yeah, you also, you kind yeah, of wonder. So even with the sparks and all, when they're. Yeah, connecting with the gigantic sword poles or whatever that future governor Jesse Ventura there. You know, yeah, it's very fight. interesting. Yeah, he yeah. takes him out. That was good. Um, my my favorite scene is the, at the beginning when they get to the fairgrounds or whatever is going on. Yeah, the, of that local community. Where was that? A church setting? I, I have no really, idea where they it's were. It's just a festival. Or but they have this terrible carnival music playing, yeah. and then that big the fat guy, fat guy dancing. I've got that written down here. That's that's in my uh, that's in my WTF uh, notes for this oh movie. Oh my god! Because I have quite a few of them. Cracks me up. And then the minute Denzel Washington walks by, he kind of like waves at the camera in the background. Yeah, you ever noticed that before? Yes, absolutely. Oh, it's just great. You I kinda, love that guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. He I can watch that over and over again. And he was a very exuberant uh, extra that really you know wanted to earn his five dollars and. When Lithgow takes out the knife and he goes to try and slice Denzel Washington's face, that stunt double face that comes in quick. Oh, wow. I've got got that as one of the big goofs. It's not even close. Oh, that is great. It's just like, hey, might as well just put a white guy in for that sequence. It's just horrible. I thought it was actually Malcolm Jamal Warner from the Cosby (laughs) Show. These are the only rules I can get. Hey, oh, man. Yeah, yeah that terrible stunt double. There's quite a, quite a big section of goose in this movie. Well, even when Lithgow jumps out that window, terrible. the stunt double, I swear to God, hurts himself because he like falls and lands on his head. Yeah. And then the next shot, I mean, the guy has different color hair for crazy. Yeah. There's a bunch of goose. There's that, the, the knife close-up, like you said, yep. where uh, they kill Jesse and 
the guy who was going to escape from prison with him, they used his body to pretend to be yeah. Blake. They put his body in the the car, or the bookmobile, and yep. sent it off the cliff, and the body's not there with the show going off the cliff. There's no body. <laughs> There's no body in there. It, like, fell out. That's awesome. And actually, there's a part where Styles is in the locker room, like where the the was the commissioner lady came. Yes, in and she's like talking to him. And he's supposed to be naked, right? And you can clearly see he's got one of those like yeah, he has yeah. like a sock or something yeah. over there. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's I'm not. Great. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was like, wow. It's like they, they could have at least cut that off. But it was, yeah, it was, or something. Um, I did. I did do some research on the film. There was a sequence there when they get him in the pool, when he empties yeah. out the pool and he kind yeah. of tortures him. I guess there was a sequence there that um, if you if you notice when they actually find. Uh, Nick Styles' uh, body, I think the day after. Yeah. They like drugged him and everything. Um, when they find him sleeping with all the homeless people, yeah. you can notice a bunch of vomit. Oh, the yeah, shirt. yeah, yeah. Um, that apparently in the scene that was cut from the movie because they said it was too grotesque, but he literally just uh, abuses them to the point where he starts vomiting all yeah. over the place. But they cut that out of the movie. Well, I was kind of wondering that because they didn't really do a lot to. to... Yeah. Well, so basically what happens is uh, Talbot Blake gets out of prison, the John Lithgow character, and. Uh, as I said, he starts dismantling his life, and and then he actually kidnaps Denzel and kind of drugs him up, and they kind of force him to have sex with a hooker against his will, and they film it so they can like send the videotape out to the TV stations and kind of ruin his reputation and all these things. And yeah, but that's yeah, they they basically just kidnap him, do that, and they actually use some audio from earlier in the movie that John Lithgow tapes, and they superimpose it over the the sex. It's scene. so realistic. It's so bad because. <laughs> They show it on TV, and it's it's like Denzel Washington's mouth is not moving, and he's carrying on a full conversation. You got it, Mr. It's like, DA. Set me up for the house special. <laughs> oh, you got it, Mr. DA. And it's, it's, yeah. That was one of the other things I was wondering. It's like they show this on TV of this woman straddling him, and they just put a black box in there. They yes. show the motion. I'm like, what news network shows yeah, no, that? No, not one of them. Whatever. They just that. cover up her boobs and say, well, we can put this on TV now. It's totally <laughs> this fine. This might be a little graphic. And also, they film like at the end of the movie when when. You know, John Lithgow dies. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything for you there. Uh, but it's a 25-year-old movie, I'm sure. It's, you know. yeah, I'm but anyways, sure they, they show that on TV, too. It's like he's impaled on, like, a big spike. <laughs> they it's just like, show and then they show it on TV. It's like, there's a dude spiked on a nail. Like, a big... Like, oh, okay, awesome. let's just put that on the local news. Oh, jeez. That's great. But hey, it's it's a 90s action movie. So. Look, Mom, top of the world. That's great. They blow up the, the yeah. little crack house. Well, let's talk about like Ice Ice T's character in this movie. Oh, Odessa. I think he's oh, kind of pointless. A little bit. He's just kind of there to like. They should be buddies in the hood and all that. And one went off to become a cop. He's and... kind of like a bridge to like you know his old life to his new life, and then at the end he comes back to him. Yeah, it's just it's all fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at the end it's... it was like, let's play basketball ball again, even though you're a drug dealer. Yes. It's like, now we can be friends again and play yeah, basketball, even though you're a drug we dealer. Blew up your crack house. Well, I think he's clean now. He came clean now he's going into when did he, oh, when did he come clean did i miss that I, I think that was the point where he allowed him to blow up his crack house <laughs> because he wants to become one with the community well you're really it was, digging, it was you're, really, you're really digging deep on this i don't think i, I don't think i've ever i th- that's that's what i took from it wow deep meanings from ricochet yes from deep meanings from ricochet ice t's life was turned around yeah i especially like where uh, the scene where he goes there to confront odessa about the drugs in the community and whatnot yeah. with the grenade and everything and when he walks into that building ice T's music is playing yeah so yeah ice T as a drug dealer at least is nice enough for his workers to have to listen to his own rap music and i and i try to look up online there is a, a, some <laughs> cheesy movie playing on tv in the apartment i swear to god it was just another uh tales from the crypt 
Is that episode. Right? It, well, it, it makes sense. If you notice, yeah, Silver would always promote his Tales from the Crypt movies, like in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. There's that Santa. I forget the episode. That's or right. Whatever. Yep. All through the um, But I'm assuming that's probably another Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Joel Silver is known for putting his other works into his movies right. and whatnot. Yeah. I, I, I didn't catch that. Probably because the DVD I had was so bad. Oh, yeah, the, the resolution on that was horrible. Yeah, we saw this in the theater at uh, a Westtown Theater, which was a kind oh, yes. of a crappy theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's not around anymore, but you know, it was a decent theater at the time. It wasn't right. anything great, but this movie's had a terrible like release history on home media. It's like It did come on a Laserdisc and widescreen, which I think is better than the DVD we had. I agree. I had like the widescreen laser disc, which wasn't anything great, but the DVD I got is. And that was the only version at the time that you could actually yeah. get the letterbox yeah. format. Because before that, it came edition. out on VHS, right? And that was it. It was just VHS, laser disc. Joe and I would get our laser discs in the mail and basically pop an erection when it said widescreen edition. <laughs> I was like, is it widescreen? Is it widescreen? Look at this. And Joe would bring it over. It's like, Tom, we got to put that on your 31 inch TV. So we'd put the black box on there and be like, we'd see like three inches of resolution. <laughs> be like, holy shit, we're seeing all the pictures. Yep. It's totally worth it. it. It's fantastic. Anybody it's just, would, it yeah. looks exactly the same as the theater. Except we're watching on a 31 inch screen and actually seeing about. <laughs> Six inches of the screen. Exactly. And anybody would come over and watch, like, why are you idiots watching this? Because like, we're true cinema. We're watching Terminator yeah. 2 one time, and my dad's like, I can't see anything. <laughs> be like, but yeah, that's how it looked like in the theater. Yeah, he's like, no, it, it was bigger in the theater. This is crap. But yeah, but oh. we digress. But yeah, Ricochet needs a better release than this. I mean, it's, it's just a crappy DVD. And as much of a fan as I am of Troll 2 and Samurai Cop, the fact that they're in Blu ray and this isn't is pretty sad. Right. Yeah. So anyways, like I said, Ice-T Ice, Ice -T is kind of pointless in the movie to me. He's kind of just Ice-T like he yeah. basically was in everything else. Asphalt, asphalt only, homeboy. Was that his line in that movie? I, I remember that one. It was something with asphalt at the beginning. Clearly it was very memorable because, you know, we, all I know is get are you... Are we going to play next week? And he's like, I don't think so, Odessa. I think our playing days are over. I remember because that. Because he saw that he was in He's like, asphalt only, homeboy. Asphalt only. Or something like that. He throws off some. All I remember like, is, you know, you want to find out who's got the power. Get your punk, punk ass, ass to, the tower. to the tower. Round one. Ding. Ding. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So basically, John Lithgow kind of slowly ruins uh, Denzel's life. And Denzel hatches a plan to get him out in the open and catch him. The problem with Earl Talbot Blake's plan in this movie to me is that he wants to ruin his life, and like, but he like doesn't seem to want to kill him until like I don't even know if he's was he gonna kill him. I don't know. I think he because just wanted to destroy his life. Like, I want to destroy his life, and then until when he's he, in front of the cameras, then it'll be over. And I'm like, is it just gonna be he's gonna go to jail? Or well, I thought either he would land up, yeah, getting busted, yeah, right for the the his buddies, the child pornography thing that he was framed, all for, of that. Which is, yeah, yeah, I mean, and he set him up pretty well. Um, but then it all came down to the end when he like kind of went cuckoo in front yeah, of the cameras. Well, the He's like, no, yeah. no. That's the problem I had with it because it's like he wants him to be like embarrassed and in front of the camera. And at the end of the movie, Denzel Washington is going to kill himself right. on camera. And I'm like, but but you know, Earl Talbot Blake is like, it can't happen like this. I'm like, why not? Right. He's going to kill himself in front of people and be and a disgrace. Won. And like, but that's not what you want. Doesn't make sense. It's just basically to force him into a big battle at the end of the movie, which is kind on, of on a, the worthless towers. Yeah. The tower thing was kind of they they played their card early that something was going to happen there. It's like oh this tower, blakey blakey blakey, and even Denzel Washington says that in the movie. He's like I got a I got an expensive luxury car, laser laser disc. disc. 
So that dates the movie right there. It does, because that Laserdisc was like the hot ticket back in the Little day. did he know that Laserdisc would be the best release this movie would get. Yeah, and then and then Lithgow finally makes it to the top of the tower, and they sit there, and then they're about to have another wrestling match, arm wrestling yeah. match, right? And he's like, Deja Vu. And later on, Denzel Washington actually started a movie called Deja Vu. It's kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic! That cutting edge insight right there. And then he just impales his arm. (laughs) Yep, and Denzel Washington uh, forces Lithgow. Well, actually, they electrocute him. And then yeah, Odessa connects um, what battery charger. Yeah, they just fry him on the tower, and John Lithgow falls off and gets impaled. Like it's basically a classic way for. (laughs) for (laughs) Which was great because he looks like he's just out of it. And then and then he comes to. He's like. And of course, after he gets impaled, Denzel Washington but doesn't goes he fall belly first? Yeah. And then next scene you see he's... they screwed it up. Yeah. Okay. There's another That's goofy movie. The movie has a lot of lot of technical. Anytime things. John Lithgow falls off of anything, it's terrible because <laughs> it's the same way he goes out in cliffhanger. It was yep. horrible. Yep. Ah, uh, you, you got to work on your screaming, Lithgow. <laughs> My money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. So basically, a uh, good good triumphs in the end, as as we expected, and he gets his good. Well, I, I guess he gets his good name back. We don't really know. We don't know. He it's just kind of like it seems like to kiss his ass. It kind of seems yeah. It kind of seems like he's going to do his own thing now. I don't really know. Maybe he's going to start he's, selling crack with Odessa. Gonna, I don't know. Maybe basketball. that was the end of it. I don't know. Yeah, that was one of the big problems I have when he goes for the final battle with uh, Blake. He basically takes his family and takes him to a crack den. Yeah, you'll be safe here. You'll be safe. There's no place more safe than a crack den. <laughs> It's a perfect choice right there. But obviously they took them somewhere because they blew up the crack. Yeah. The crack house. And then Denzel Washington goes down the chute and goes, <laughs> one, of the worst, yeah, one of the worst voiceovers ever. A cool explosion. I remember, like I said, they've kind of filmed the movie kind of artsy in a way, especially when you see the reflection explosion and yeah. Lithgow's glass eye. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... it's and the it's aerial a, shot, the bird's eye view of the building blowing up. That was awesome. I remember seeing that. It's a movie you can pick apart very easily, oh, yeah. but it's very enjoyable, and it's, you know... You could say it's a guilty pleasure, but I think it's better than that. I yeah, mean, it's, it's better than a guilty... It's, yeah. it's one you have to revisit... Yeah, I, I, I think it's aged really years. well. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, like, it holds up well. If you look at this movie, 1991, this is a couple months after Toy Soldiers, our last movie, this movie looks way more recent oh, yeah. than Toy Soldiers. Yeah, totally. Toy Soldiers seems like it's way in the past, and this right. one holds up pretty well. Yeah, they filmed it well. I mean, yeah. well, hats off to Peter Levy. The guy knows how to film movies. Yeah. He, he also filmed Predator, too. Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got we got to talk about Kim. Oh God, Kim! Yeah, Kim. Kim is the uh, Kim is the sidekick character to John Lithgow's character in the movie, and he's the most annoying sidekick oh, ever. What was that club that they went to at the okay, end of the well, movie? Let's, what let's, in the let, hell was? Let's that? get a couple of like quotes from Kim, who's the, just the weeny kind of whiny sidekick. That I, I, I don't know even what his point was. Other to annoy people. Yeah, here, here's one. I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait First of all, who says that? I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to look. This is after... So uh, for context, this is after Talbot Blake reveals himself to Nick Stiles that he's still alive and they, they kidnap him and knock him out. And That's what Kim thinks. He's going to check his pants to see if he shit his pants. So, yeah. Well, because he got hit in the head with a gun. Yeah. Right? Or a flashlight. Yeah, flashlight. Yep. And then there's always the big big scene at the end where he uh, Kim turns on Earl Talbot Blake. I can't believe that I've been kissing your ass all these fucking years, and you're such a shithead. 
<laughs> so, you're such a shithead. I just I don't even know where to go with that character. He, and when he when Kim gets shot, there's no blood. Yes. He just sits there and he like has like convulsions or something on top of the towers <laughs> and there's nothing. Yeah, he's by far the worst in the movie. Wow. It's just he's just awful. It's like he brings Lithgow's character down a bit. Because yes. it's like it's kind of like Lithgow was so hard-edged in this movie, they felt like they had to put somebody in that was a little funny to kind of... I don't think he should have done no, it. No, I don't even think he needed him in there. I'm, yeah, no, you didn't. And it was just kind of like... I, I th- really think that maybe they, they thought Lithgow was too scary for people. And it's like, we got to put somebody that's a little... Well, it's not like know, they were trying to strive for a PG-13. It's like we get a little troll character in here that's going to run, you know... He was terrible. He was. Just I, terrible. And I looked at the guy up, and he really didn't do much after that. I'm not surprised, because he's not a very good actor. No, really. not at all. And especially the way he drinks that shot glass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, as you were mentioning, the club. They go to the club, and for some reason it's supposed to be this really run-down, disgusting place. They have like what looks like a 450-pound female stripper there. Naked. It looked like Job of the Hunt. Yeah, and I was disgusting. I remember the first time we saw, it, like, what is the point of this? Like, what? What is that? Who's this? And then for? the little midget guy running yes. on the bar, pouring shots. Yeah. So there's just. And then the guy walks up with the assless chaps. He's like, "Well, hello there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just stuff that didn't need to be in there. I'm like, please. Uh Yeah, and even I mean, Lithgow looked annoyed that he was in that. Yeah, I think Lithgow's kind of like, oh, "This movie's God. pretty good. Why do we have to do this? <laughs> it's, Why are we here?" Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. He's so upset because it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you like that one? Oh, I do. He's all upset because it feels so good. That's basically a scene after they've given uh, Nick Styles an injection to kind of drug him up to uh, sleep with the prostitute and... It's kind of like one of those wonky camera things. And that was a cool scene, too. That was a great scene. Where it's kind of like, they're in like an abandoned pool. Yep. And it's like they're just kind of torturing him. And they just kind of, as Nick Stiles gets drugged, he spins around and the camera does a, you know, 180. And they, it's, it's a really well done scene. Yeah, because they shoot the uh, bird's eye view yeah. after he releases the rubber band. Yeah. After giving him the heroin shot. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and he's all tied up to that chair and finally falls over. Because the drugs finally get into his system. Yeah, and yeah, that was great. Blinky, blinky, it's it's really a, it's really a movie where if you kind of like look at Blake's plan, it's kind of like a big WTF. Because it's like, why is he doing all of this? He has like a million chances to kill Nick Styles and get away with it, right? But he wants to you know torture more, which obviously makes the movie because it's like it's it's suspenseful because sure. it's like he's threatening his children and his family and all these things, and it's it's really well done. But it's kind of like. Why would he do all of this? That's a great shot in the movie, too, when he wakes up from his hangover wearing that awful pink robe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the TV says, play me. Yeah. And he plays it, and then you see the scene of Lithgow coming into the kid's robe. Yeah. And then he, he pulls the axe out, yep. and then he looks at the TV and then shuts it off. Yeah, because Lithgow's got a little hatchet. And scene of uh, yeah. Denzel's face just... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then we get uh, Ellen Silvestri's uh, awesome music. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot. I mean, it leads to a lot of suspense. I mean, even though, like I said, it doesn't really stand up if you look at it. Like, why is he doing all this? It makes for a good movie, and yeah. at the end of the day, that's all we really want. So, yeah, it's a. You asked earlier why I picked Ricochet. It's just a fun action thriller. That it is still holds up well. It is. Uh, so let's before we go into the, the totals on this movie, Joe. What would you give this movie out of five stars? Zero to five stars. I have to. What you didn't plan for this? You knew it was coming. Well, I'm going to go first. I'm going to give it four stars. I really like it. It's probably a three and a half star, but I round it up because it's it's a good movie. So we're going to have a little Van Damme dancing action. 
All right, Joe. I, too, will go with the four. Oh, really? Well, let's let's just turn that back up. (laughs) We'll have an extended Van Damme dance mix. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, Ricochet is a, a very fun movie. It's it's very it enjoyable. I just wish it was available in like a, a better format at this point. Because the DVD is, like I said, terrible. You might be able to catch it on cable. I'm sure it probably floats around. I, I don't think I've seen it on Netflix. But and, and who puts this out? It's it's a, it's, it's not really... It's HBO video. It's HBO, yeah, because you never get the Warner Brothers symbol. Yeah, I swear to God, in the theater release, yeah. they showed the Warner Brothers... Logo at the beginning. I'm guessing it was like a Warner Brothers theater release and like HBO at the home video, right? right? And HBO, I don't, does HBO even exist anymore as like a label, like, you know, that? I do not know. I always wondered that myself. Right. Yeah, this, this movie is criminally like, you know, not available, which is crazy to me. Right. Because I mean, there's so many bad movies that are available and this is, this is a decent movie. But yeah, we definitely, before, before we uh, wrap up Ricochet, we definitely have to run some facts and we also probably have to, uh, Get a little bit of the uh, the theme, the love theme from Ricochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this before yeah. or after Top Killer? I think yeah. this was before. Okay, I think that was '92. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a great music video. On on or not? Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Suicide is a that's suicide. That's the, uh, the theme yeah. song from Ricochet by Odessa himself, Ice Ice T. Oh man, uh, played over the over the I, finale. I think credits. I bought that soundtrack. I did back in the day. I and, did too. And I think that that was like one of the last tracks on the CD. I, the rest of it is all um, what the actual score from Ellen Sylvester, right? Yeah, um, I I bought that basically for the song because I was a hardcore rap fan. I grew up on the mean streets of Sauk City, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Before I realized it was white middle class at some point. But, oh, yes. But yeah, Ice Cube, Ice Tea, big, big staple in the 90s. We love that stuff. That we'll, we'll definitely have to do Trespass on here eventually. Oh, yes. That's Cause, another gem. Because Ice Tea hasn't done a lot of good movies, but he did New Jack City, this, and I would say was Trespass. Was Ice Cube in that as well? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Ice Tea, Ice Cube. And Surviving the Game was probably his, his big, oh, know, yes. big enjoyable course. movie. But anyways, we, we digress. Let's run down some facts about Ricochet, kind of how it did. Uh, it's got a 73% fresh rating on Ron Tomatoes, which is, is good. 73% is really good. See, it holds up well. Yeah, see? yeah. I, I didn't know how it would rate because, like I said, it's not one that you Denzel see. Denzel doesn't make crap. He doesn't make bad movies. He doesn't. And it's like, like I said, he's so overshadowed in this by John yeah. Lithgow. And it's crazy because it's like Denzel is like the king. And it's like, you know. This 10,000 puts us over. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the movie uh, opened on October 4th. My birthday is October 3rd, so I think we saw this the day after. It was pretty, pretty cool. pumped. Like I said, we saw it at West Town. It was basically, what, five, six people there? Well, I remember seeing the, the trailers and all that, and I swear to God, I was doing dishes at my parents' house or whatever, and we didn't plan on going. You just showed up. You're like, hey, what are you doing right now? I'm, I'm, go- I'm going to go to Madison City. Well, I don't, I don't remember go? I'm like, yeah, let's go, and we just took off. Hell yeah. Those were the days. Another good time is when the Blade Runner director's cut yes. came out, and I was working at Piggly Wiggly, and you're like, Joe, you get you got to come. I'm like, I can't. i got to work. And I, I think I helped a lady... <laughs> With her groceries to her car, and I loaded her car, and I just jumped in your car, and we went off. Those are the days. Literally, just didn't even punch out. I just left work to go see. If only life was like that. Only could continue. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) What what did this film gross? 
Um, this it grossed a total of twenty one million seven hundred fifty six thousand and one hundred sixty three. So it did not do very well. Uh, the, we couldn't find budget no. information. We, we you know it's strange like for a, a big movie like this we couldn't find the budget. And it probably was fifty million or over. I, I'd have to say production because, value on the film. Yeah. I mean there's there's a lot. Yeah, that I went into this movie. There's no way this movie cost less than thirty or forty million dollars. Nope. nope. So yeah, it clearly didn't do very well. I don't know how it did internationally. I mean it. I, that's probably why you don't hear much about it. And was this one of the first movies that ends with the Silver Pictures new logo? Or was that Last Boy Scout? It could have been Last Boy Scout. You'd know that better. Yeah. You're the, you're the I have Silver to have to go back. fanboy. Well, anyways, this yeah, this this movie opened on October 4th. Uh, it came in second place at the box office. What was first place? I probably cannot... You'll never get it. It's no. The Fisher King. Oh, really? Yes. Well, that's a great movie. The Fisher King, and actually the third was, third place film was Deceived. Deceived? Goldie Hawn movie. Oh, nice. Number four, Necessary Roughness. <laughs> and number five, Joe Pesci in The Super. Yes, The Super. <laughs> yeah, I, I love looking at this. Uh, top ten was rounded out. Number seven was Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. Oh, fantastic. Wow. T2 is still hanging around, too. Really? Number 11. Number 11. What did yeah. that pull in that weekend? Uh, just over a million dollars, but okay. that was 14 weeks into it. Wow hilarious you look down at the bottom of the list and it's like silence of lambs is still on there still on there it only made fifty seven thousand that week but it was like 34th week of release wow and what what's the number what had 130 million okay which doesn't sound like much but back then that was a ton of money. oh yeah especially and that was that not film. an expensive yeah. movie yeah so uh yeah I did, there wasn't a lot of uh, information about like what was deleted from this movie like joe said I, I read that too that there was some extreme violence that was cut out of the movie apparently uh, but that's basically all I've seen for, like, deleted stuff. So I think basically what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Or we just haven't heard about it. Right. Yeah. Like nobody died while making the movie or anything? anything uh, I, I, I don't like I don't believe so. <laughs> Maybe a stunt man or, um, bruised his head or something I when think, he fell out of the I window? I think we might have heard about that if somebody died. Usually that stuff comes out. <laughs> right, that's usually... yeah. No. We're just talking about a little bit of vomit there that was cut out of the movie. Yeah, which is, I, I don't get why. Which they... I don't know why they even cut. No. Leave it in there because it's not like the gory blood sequences were, you know, uh, touch much. Or, you know, what did you say? Yeah, I mean, it I was already... I gets plugged with the shotgun at the beginning. Like, his entire chest just explodes. Well, it was an already a violent movie, so I don't see the problem. But I guess they said it was basically because they didn't like that it was a white man beating up on a black defenseless oh, black man. okay. Which is basically... I don't, yeah. I, I never once even thought about that in the movie. No. Like, oh, this is a white guy tormenting a black guy. I'm no, like, not at all. Sometimes they're just way too PC. Now they'd never be able to make this movie, probably. Probably not. Yeah. So Ricochet, definitely worth checking out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's definitely one to, one to see. It's, like you'll I said, have to buy the DVD through I Amazon. Paid, I paid five bucks on Amazon, and I kind of want my money back, not because of the movie, but the quality of the print, like I said. I would most definitely They upgrade. definitely need a restoration of it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So... Let's uh, also talk, if you want to send in some feedback to the show, you can catch us on our Facebook page or Twitter at Man's Man Film Review. Uh, we'd love to get feedback, what you think of the show, uh, possible top five lists, other movies for us to review. We certainly would like to hear your suggestions. But let's talk about our next film. I will be picking, so we're finally going to delve into the canon film catalog, as I was mentioning earlier. Originally it was going to be Death Wish 3, but uh, I decided to go in a different direction. Pick kind of a wild card. So, What are we doing? Are we doing the trailer? Yep, we're going to do the trailer. All right, this is fantastic. If we can get it to go here. We've had trouble getting trailers going for some reason. 
<laughs> I'm in trouble again. <laughs> this is hilarious. What do we got? Well, apparently it's not playing for some reason. Damn it. Do you need a drum roll? <laughs> Are we going to just get a title? For some reason, everything seems to work on this podcast except for the final trailer. <laughs> it's like two, it's a- like two weeks in a row. Here we go. A sensational crime. An airtight alibi. We can't lay a finger on this guy. And a chain of evidence. Bring him in. Charles Bronson is a cop looking for a killer. And he's running out of time. Go ahead. Take me in. You can't punish me. When the guilty go free. I just found him everybody. The system is the crime. I'm a mean, selfish son of a bitch. But I want a killer, and what I want comes first. Well, how come I've never heard him mention a daughter? It seldom crosses his mind that he has one. He's one angry man with someone to protect. What's wrong with your father? He can make a difference. You like hurting girls? I won't answer that. Girls won't have anything to do with you, but you get back at them, don't you? <laughs> I won't listen to your filth. <laughs> Check fishing, Leo. It's inadmissible, Leo. We got no evidence and we can't hold this kid. He's our man, Captain. I'm gonna get him. Found some blood. He's lying. There was no blood on my boat and he knows it. Back How in the days when trailers were 10 minutes long. You're not guilty. Not guilty. How many times you can show this game sequence of him shooting the gun? It was one of quickly you catch on to that. I went back to the lab and I talked to the technician. And I asked him if you... Why didn't you ask me? Wow. So yes, we, we don't even need to see the movie. That pretty much is most <laughs> of the movie. But this it's awesome. No, that movie. That movie is great. It's actually a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a very early '80s. Uh, it's kind of a slasher movie. Nice. Yeah, it looked like it. It's and very, I swear to God, the killer looks like Christian Bale. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, our first appearance of Charles Bronson here. One of my favorites. And uh, yeah, it's got a killer that runs around killing people in the nude. Oh yeah. So you had a lot of ass shots there. Yeah, so you'll have to stay tuned for that one. 10 to Midnight. Yeah, you can actually, conf- I think you can find that one. But It's easier to find than Ricochet, believe it or not. Fantastic. And it's on Blu-ray, right? It is. Okay. It is. Yes. I'll loan you my copy. But that'll be our next one. Awesome. Yeah. Episode 3. Yeah. 10 to Midnight. <laughs> Anything else to add, Joe? Uh, no. This, is, this has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed um, watching Ricochet again. That was great. Yeah, and actually, like I said, we, we want to get feedback from people. That's really important right now. And I, I sent out, basically, when we did our first episode, I sent it out to a bunch of people. I just sent it out to a bunch of like people in Hollywood and whoever I could you know think to send it to and get feedback. And obviously nobody really responded who's going to listen to our podcast. But we did get one response back. Very nice. For somebody famous. Mel Gibson actually responded to it. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. Fantastic. So Mel Gibson reviewed our podcast. I was thrilled. Here's Mel Gibson. He sent us a voicemail. He didn't send us, you know, an email or anything, but it's a voicemail. Here's what he said. Here's your opinion of our show. You filled up your tents. 
get the fuck out of my country, and I won't do anything to you. I'll leave you alone. Because if you stick around here, I'm going to fuck your ass. Okay, well. <laughs> so Mel Gibson wants to fuck our ass. Apparently, like, apparently took, we suck. Well, I took that as a positive. He said he wants us out of the country. I think he wants us to take our show international. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, probably so. I, I try to take That's the great. positive out of it. I, I guess you're trying to be negative, but, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Mel Gibson. So thanks, Mel. Hopefully, hopefully next week we'll we'll have uh, more uh, celebrities. The passion of the ass fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. So thank you for listening to this, and we'll be back uh, very shortly with ten to midnight. Definitely. Until next time. Be safe, guys. Yes, this is Tom. Gals, and that's Joe. Later. Adios. He's a man. Such a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs>